0: Welcome to the Mission Daily. I'm your host, Chad Grills. I'm joined with Ian Faison here in the studio. Chad,
1: I have a question. Yes. Do you know why a panda is such a bad dinner guest?
0: I'm thinking. I'm drawing a blank here.
1: Because it always eats, shoots, and leaves.
0: (laughs) Which brings us. Oh, which brings us to today's episode. We're talking about The devil. We are not an easy subject to approach, that's for sure. Today's episode is called The Beginning of Wisdom. And we chose that name for a reason I think you'll see in the next five to 10 minutes. And we want to open with a quote from a wise man, Confucius, who said that the beginning of wisdom is to call things by their proper
1: name. So, yeah, today's story is about a young newspaper writer who went on to do a feature piece of a self made billionaire. We're going to talk about that billionaire, why, um, why he did a piece on this person and how he figured out a way to, or what he ended up writing out about, which was outwitting the devil.
0: So outwitting the devil, if you hear the name and you know it, then chances are, you know who that young newspaper writer was and who the self-made billionaire was that he approached. So if you haven't yet guessed, the newspaper writer is Napoleon Hill. Uh, a guy who first started writing, I guess, early, right after World War One, basically. Uh, he was an American author, and he went to interview Andrew Carnegie, which was a uh, an industrialist. Uh, whether you want to use the phrase robber baron or anything else, he was a self-made billionaire.
1: But he's one of the, he's basically just one of the richest people in the entire world. Essentially. Yes,
0: and he dropped out of school. I think in the fourth grade or fifth grade. Um, No advantages whatsoever. Uh, Family was an immigrant family, not a lot of money. He didn't have any money. He just started working early, often. And he became convinced, uh, supposedly, that there was a predictable path to success. There were some habits and some things that you could do differently that other people wouldn't do. And Carnegie was just kind of like beside himself. He was wondering why weren't more people doing these things? So when Napoleon Hill, rumor has it, in his first meeting with Andrew Carnegie, basically was challenged by him. And Carnegie told Hill that if he devoted the next 25 years of his life to compiling, organizing, and then publishing the world's first philosophy of success for personal achievement, basically, uh, that would be something perfectly suited to him. And that's what he should drop everything and do.
1: And so basically what we want to talk about is... Now there's some reports that may or may not have you know Napoleon Hill in like the best light or maybe maybe that whole encounter was made up and and Andrew he published the book after Andrew Carnegie passed away. so maybe maybe there's some like truth or uh, you know some strange fiction there. What we're gonna do today is talk about the ideas. From that book, and then from the second book, and that book is called Think and Grow Rich, um, which is one of the most popular, what you would call like self help books um, of all time. But what we're really gonna dive into is the second book that he wrote that was not published until like, what was it, six years ago? Something like
0: that? Six years ago. It was written the year after Napoleon Hill published Think and Grow Rich. But then, just like Hill wrote in the manuscript and in the book, he literally predicted that his family the publisher and his foundation that resulted uh, from the success of his works would not want to publish this book. He literally predicted it in the book. He said, none of you are going to want to publish this. And they didn't for 73 years.
1: So if you want to go learn more about Think and Grow Rich, like highly recommended you read any takeaways from that before we get into the... uh... Yeah, it's,
0: it's an excellent book and don't underestimate how much negative marketing has been done for this book by less than scrupulous actors in the modern day real estate self-improvement life coach space, basically. So these folks have unfortunately really, really hurt the underlying message of what Hill was actually talking about. And they've actually uh, co-opted this book and the message. Many of these people have never read it. They haven't considered it, um, but they use it as kind of like a top of the funnel type approach to bring people into their MLM thing, their information marketing scheme. And unfortunately, they, they've they just really like besmirched this book. In a but it's
1: kind way. of originally the book is, it's a little bit about like visual, visualization, right? I mean, like.
0: Uh, not, not really. So a, a little, a little bit about that. There's definitely, that is the, uh, the starting place. So, you know, thoughts become things. That's definitely the starting place. But um, Thinking Grow Rich, I would say is about the practical day-to-day things that you might do or might engage in or not engage in if you wanted to be successful.
1: Great. So, and before we, we get into the second part where we're talking about, um, the second book that he wrote, let's give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor. Sponsor. (laughs) Sponsible.
0: Be Sponsible and go support our sponsor, Audible. So audible.com slash the mission is the place you want to go to get a free audio book. When you do, you're supporting independent media like the mission. You're helping the podcast keep going, and you're helping out an amazing sponsor that we use and love every single day. Here, uh, text the mission to five zero zero five zero zero, and you can get started with a free book and a thirty day trial membership. So, whether you want to explore think and grow rich or outwitting the devil, there are so many different self help books that are go way beyond self help into the territory of. Expanding your mind,
1: yeah. And one of the things that um, is great about Audible is that you can take notes, and you can highlight, and you can like have a easy to handle uh, place for all the highlights. What's great? Well, people actually hear some inside a lot baseball. Of people don't know that. Yeah. So I've been taking photos of this is a physical copy of story that Chad has. It's Chad's copy that I've been reading. I read it this weekend, uh, or I didn't read the entire book, but. Uh, anyways, I've been taking copies of your uh, of your highlights and it's so convenient to have your highlights in the book. I'm like, this is great. Um, but for Audible, you have all your highlights in, in one place. And yeah, it's, it's super not awesome. Not many
0: people know that you can do this, but there's a, a functionality in Audible called Clips. So you just tap Clip with wherever you're at in the book and you can create a note. You can add a reminder for later, whatever you want to do. So if you love Kindle or love physical books because you can write in the margins or take notes in the margins, um, not many people know you can do the same thing with Audible. So. Okay. Shout out to audible, and back to the devil, the devil, and the mystery behind this episode. So we've already explored the idea that people might have really warped the philosophies that Napoleon Hill was um, interested in, that he was really excited about. There were many people that followed after him and that tried to co op that message. And we alluded to it earlier, but what was happening after Think and Grow Rich was. So Napoleon Hill has spent years and years compiling this philosophy of success and personal achievement. And what happened after the book went to publication was you typically have like a year-long window where the publisher gets it, you're finishing things with the manuscript, they're going through the proof copies and the marketing plan and all that good stuff. So this was going on. But what not many people know about the things from the creator side and the writer side is typically when you finish a big project like that is when you're going to be Uh, filled with the best ideas, the ideas that you should have done, the arguments that were better than the arguments you included in your previous book. So what we have going on in the nonfiction space or even the fiction space is authors, when they finish a big creative project, they'll typically fall into a pit of depression, despair, because they are now flooded by better ideas than what they had in their previous work.
1: And so here's a quote from Napoleon Hill, Napoleon Hill. Fear is the tool of a man-made devil. And so what we're talking about with the devil is he's not talking about like literally the devil, like the red with pointy horns and that lives, you know, beneath the crust of the earth or whatever you believe. It is the devil is fear. The devil is uh,
0: personifying all evil all throughout human history. So human evil, uh, evil from nature and fate, literally anything bad or suboptimal in the world. What Napoleon Hill was trying to do is bring back the inspiration for the devil character, which was to create an easy way for us to talk about all the things that impacted humanity in an undesirable way.
1: And so he has in the book, he has like a conversation with yes. him and essentially evil.
0: Yes. that's So this book is essentially a dialogue uh, where he starts off with his own story about almost losing his life because bootleggers get they think that he's trying to expose them there's a crazy story that goes on they send people to his house to try to kill him he's able to escape he manages to write the book and the book is just a conversation going back and forth where uh, he and this imaginary devil are basically like the devil is playing devil's advocate to all of his ideas about personal achievement and success so the devil is obviously providing him Um, all the easy outs, but then Hill is challenging evil with some really hard questions. So basically trying to figure out how as human beings, we can avoid all of the modern day traps in the world. So whether that's like, you know, substances or whether that's people or uh, wars and famine and depression, how do we get through those without selling our soul, without becoming pessimistic? And really, how do we keep faith in uh, ourself and our daily actions and human agency uh, and science. And so that's what's really interesting. A lot of people, they get too hung up on the the devil and the uh, the God words. Um, a great way of thinking about them is that when you're encountering this book, just in, encounter them. And, and when Hill is talking about God, just substitute it with the word evolution or where he's talking about devil, just substitute that with extinction or evil, uh, or just think of God as being good and the devil as being Bad, as, as evil. Um, because if you dive into his words, that's certainly what he's, he's saying. He's saying, look, I know these topics are hard to talk about. And I know that uh, there's going to be churches and there's going to be people who are very um, re- religiously inspired are going to take this out of context. They're not going to be able to talk about it. But in order to create a better world, we have to figure out ways to talk about these things and have dialogues with um, our best self, with our worst self. So the book is, In a sense, it's one long thought experiment. And in another sense, it presents uh, a really different and a a really radical idea um, called drifting. So the idea is that there are drifters in the world and then there are non-drifters. So non-drifters are very definite and they explore taking power over their choices. So they explore making progressively better and better and better choices, um, taking inventory of their habits, everything like that. Yeah
1: say that again so you're saying drifters are people who
0: take what life gives to them on life's terms so basically at every so dis- that is, is using point, it
1: in like a good is that like a pot like you it's positive to be a drifter and it's not positive to be i mean other so than he, so the great sent, yeah. tokyo drift which is one of the great movies of our <laughs> generation
0: <laughs> um yeah from a uh, fast and furious standpoint um different kind of drifter yeah we, we hate to uh impact the uh, franchise negatively there but so yeah he's basically saying that um, drifting is uh, a negative thing and that drifting is the starting point of um, all loss so all loss basically starts when the individual loses the capacity for will for power for clear thinking um, and when they destroy that capacity for sustained belief in a better future that all of their decisions get impacted in a really uh, dark way.
1: Okay, so what's the opposite of drifting, of drifters?
0: Being definite. So being definite in your ideas, your plans, your aims, your speech, uh, being definite in the fact that even though you don't know the explicit details of how you'll get somewhere, um, being definite, part of that is having faith that as you go, the details and the specifics of what you need might either occur or that through your actions and demonstrated faith, you might unlock even better details or better ideas and resources as you go. So, why do? You, how do
1: you think this came out of the first book? It seems like
0: it's so different. Well, it's it's pretty different, and especially because he predicts in in the book that. So the the whole reason too that he knew that this book would not be published um, is because it's one of the very first books of the time. That I would say that broadly criticizes schools, so all of education and all of organized religion. Like, the, Oh wow. Oh, okay. So, so, he's, like, so these were the shots first, fired from the, the major, major Napoleon. shots fired in a, a huge way to where this was like literally the first person, I would say the first popular writer to criticize both institutions. So there were plenty of folks that came out and might've like pointed a finger and said, Oh, this institution is It didn't, but it so it didn't so get good. published
1: for 73 years. So
0: it, exactly like he said it basically. And it, it didn't get published until a person working with the foundation found the manuscript And then kind of basically just got chills reading the fact that Hill just called out that you guys are going to be too scared to publish this.
1: Okay, so final thought. How do you outwit the devil then?
0: Through exploring, I would say, habits and novelty is a great way to start. And um, exploring the capacity to do your own things and cut off retreat so we read that poem if on yeah, the yeah. story podcast the other day if you're if you're not familiar with the, the poem if by roger kipling i would highly recommend it it's a great read great lesson. and the more that we can practice the act of making a decision and then cutting off retreat where we might blame another person another cir- you know circumstance uh the weather anything like that the more that we can practice making decisions and then owning full responsibility for the outcome that would be one example of being taking a step away from being a drifter and becoming very, that's definite. great. Okay. So you're saying that if you like make to- decisions and then cut off the possibility of retreat, I don't mean that physically, although that can be cool. Like the whole metaphor of if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats. That's cool. But I just mean in a sense of uh, in a responsibility standpoint yeah. where you just start to take agency over everything that happens. It's if you didn't plan for it, if you didn't prepare for it, because um, there's there's always outside sources to blame. There are always characters, whether it's a devil or whether it's an institution. Oh, you, no. You, you or, you can the always find, or the man or whatever it is. There's you can always, always find a place for blame. Um, but this book is essentially a call to action to just cut cut off that. And, and, and take engage Yeah. And view that as probably the the worst habit that you could ever engage in is uh, being indefinite. So
1: I love that. Sweet. Uh, final thing then just uh, for everybody out there, you know, we, we want to bring one topic or idea each of these episodes to you in a in a new or novel way or something that you can actually like take and talk about with your friends and family and your loved ones. Um, so just, you know, please feel free, give us feedback, leave comments, uh, shoot us tweets at the Mission HQ and, and leave reviews and uh, we listen and read every single one.
0: Definitely. And final thought is evil is alive and well in the world. And the extent to which we are willing to look at it and examine it and uh, try to reason with it or argue argue with it proverbially or in the real world or through our work, through our uh, our thoughts, our writing, um, that's the extent to which that we're going to be able to understand it. What I think is really interesting about Napoleon Hill and any author that has achieved notable success or has had their work survive after they're dead, especially, that's a great um, measure of of value. They're a person that has struggled with the idea of evil in the world. And it's not something that you can just instantly solve, but it's something that is on, it's a challenge to each of us to explore and really define that for ourselves. So don't let a big institution, don't let other people in the world tell you, oh, this is what the devil is. This is what evil is. Um, Explore it for yourself and create your own definition because it's only through that, working definition that you construct for yourself, that is what is going to enable you to then see it in the world, uh, identify it, escape it. And yeah, really outwit the devil.
1: So do you, do you think part of the reason why it's lasted so long? And actually I was reading something that, um, his books are selling better now than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that part of it is like some of the things that we've talked about with like the timeless nature of the writing and things like that? Or do you think it's like, because like, why do you think it's kind of just lasting for a long time?
0: I think that people, um, so the 20th century w- was a result of what Nietzsche correctly predicted, uh, that humans would kill God. They would kill the idea for God. They would say, we don't need that anymore. Uh, and then hundreds of millions of people died. That's the what happened in the, in the 20th century. So I think that um, the reason why his book and other books are starting to sell so well is that we're just now starting to have the luxury to look back at what happened. Uh, in the last century and really do a, um, you know, an after action review for lack of of a better word on like what the hell happened and why did it happen? And I think that people are are very open to the idea that, that those who came before and those who created the ideas of God, the devil, good, bad, they might've known a little bit more than we gave them credit for.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Especially that George Lucas guy. (laughs) He's really good at that. (laughs) Absolutely. So hope you enjoy this episode. It was uh, a little, uh, Little higher level um tomorrow will be fun. Philosophical. Um tomorrow's episode hopefully will be A little lighthearted for Friday. A little lighthearted. If you're listening on a Friday for tomorrow. Um Thanks for listening, okay. everybody. Thanks so much. Later.